Lead me to some soul today. Oh, teach me, Lord, just one. Welcome, everyone, to episode number 52. I can't hardly believe it. We've already, this is our 52nd interview that we've done. But the 52nd interview of a series of episodes that we're calling Leading Others to Christ. Those of you that have been listening and watching, you know that during these episodes, we're going to be focused on evangelism. And we have a lot of goals, but one of them is to, is to stir us up. Stir us up, as the Hebrew writer said, to love and good works, but especially in the area of reaching our family, our friends, and our neighbors with the gospel of Christ. My name is Dan Barker, and I preach for the Creekside Church of Christ in Franklin, Indiana. Uh, as I've said every time, Franklin's about 20 miles south of downtown Indianapolis. Uh, those of you that know me know that I'm, I'm passionate about our subject. I'm passionate about evangelism. And I have been ever since I obeyed the gospel when I was 21 years old in Owensboro, Kentucky. And ever since then, I've always strived to, I'm going to use some Bible phrases. I've always strived to teach others, to sow the seed, uh, to be a fisher uh, of, of men and women, of course, to make disciples, to persuade men and women. And I see myself more as a teacher than I do a preacher, but to teach others to teach. And always remembering what Paul told Timothy in 2 Timothy 2, 2. And the things you've heard from me among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. And then later in that chapter, he says, uh, to, Paul says to Timothy to be useful for the master prepared for every good work. So those of you that have heard the story back when the COVID stuff hit last year in 2020 came up with this idea of doing interviews to find the christians to identify the christians men and women uh who are fellow workers who are reaching who are doing this they are reaching and leading others to christ and once we've identified them to interview them and, and we want to learn more about them uh, who they are where they are working uh, why they're doing what they're doing and uh, so that's a little backdrop that we do every time. We might change that in the future as we go, but, but we're so excited today to have uh, an old friend of mine with us, uh, Danny McKibben. Uh, welcome, Danny. <laughs> oh, thank you, good to be here. Yeah, and I wanna encourage everybody uh, to get out your pen and paper, not if you're driving, but get out your pen and paper and, uh, and take notes here because Danny has a lot of things uh, uh, that he's done in his past, and, and there's a lot of things that we'll learn from him, and uh, just really, really do appreciate you being here, Danny. Uh, Danny and his wife, Kathy, work with the Lakeside Church of Christ in, uh, in Somerset, Kentucky, and uh, why don't we do this, as we've always done, I've, I call it the elevator pitch or the short bio. Uh, Danny, bring us up to speed a little bit of the ones out there that don't know Danny, uh, for example, where you were born, how old you were when you obeyed the gospel, and and that, if you would. Oh, okay. Well, I was born in Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, anyway, growing up, uh, I didn't I didn't attend church anywhere. I went once with a friend to the Baptist church in, in sixth grade, and that's an interesting story in and of itself. And, and then once in high school, I went to a Christmas play at the Christian church, but other than that, I didn't attend. Used to watch Billy Graham some. My mom would watch him on television. I really didn't know much about the Bible. And 
just really kind of grew up a, I suppose, a heathen, a pagan, uh, but always kind of believed the Bible to be true. And and so in, uh, I graduated high school in 1976 there in Louisville from Beard High School and and then I uh, kind of got interested uh, because of circumstance, kind of got interested in seeking after God. It, it was kind of, by, I guess, by divine providence. I was working at a roofing company, and I got laid off. I, I was living with my brother. My parents retired and went to, like, to northern Kentucky. And anyway, so here I am uh, stuck in the house without a job, bills piling up. And for whatever it was worth, it was like, uh, I'm not getting much out of life. This is kind of... Uh, so this is kind of hard. And so I just prayed to God that please show me a better way. There's got to be more than what I, I was getting. And, and then by Providence, just different things happened. Again, lifting weights with a buddy from school. And uh, anyway, he was dating a member of the church. And that's how we kind of got connected uh, with the expressway congregation. He was dating a girl. And then uh, they kind of fixed me up. And then I was converted uh, in the summer of 77. And so anyway, I uh, began learning the Bible and just trying to soak it all in. It was all new and I had to learn a lot of things. And uh, then, then as the more I began to learn, because I didn't know, I, I knew there were all these different churches, but I, I didn't know much about it. And, but then I saw all this error. And then, that, you know, in time, it, it, it kind of compelled me to, hey, maybe I, I need to try to, uh, to, to maybe become a preacher and teach the gospel. And. And so it was just the compulsion of truth and seeing all the air and, and a love for others to, that sort of kind of guided me in that direction. And so then I set my mind and then there were a lot of people and influences that helped me along the way. And, and then I met my wife and, you know, we got married in 1979, began, to, uh, I actually started preaching February of 1979 uh, regularly and, and then uh, Oak Grove outside of Louisville and then, my wife and I, we got married, we moved to Horse Cave, Kentucky, lived there for uh, 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 two years. And then we moved to Campbellsville, and we lived seven years there. And then we moved to Rockcastle County, a rural area, to the Providence Congregation. We worked with the congregation there for 29 years. And then uh, four years ago, we started attending here at the Lakeside Congregation and sort of shifted into responsibilities. Our son's actually uh, been the local preacher. He's actually leaving to go to Nashville. Uh, starting the first of the month of, uh, of August. And so I kind of just uh, help out in different ways. And I really focus on uh, uh, you know, teaching overseas. I got involved in foreign evangelism many years ago. First place I went was in Jamaica. I think it was in 19, 1994. Then 1998, I started going to, to the Philippines uh, by the invitation of Jerry Parks. And, and then in 2002, got invited to go to Ecuador and got involved uh, in Ecuador, then Colombia, and then and then Chile came up, and then uh, went over into the, uh, went into uh, Argentina once, uh, been in Peru, been in uh, Panama, been in uh, Nicaragua and Guatemala and Mexico, and uh, anyway, so I, I took an interest in foreign evangelism many years ago. I saw it was interested, uh, interesting, and and so, but that's kind of a focus, and then kind of preaching, uh, fill in in some of the small congregations around about and then uh, involved here. But that, that's kind of my life uh, told, as a, told as a tale, as the psalmist says, Psalm 90. But anyway, it's just, uh, I had no idea when I was converted, uh, you know, I would, you know, I'd have the opportunity to travel to a lot of places 
throughout our country and meet a lot of brethren in other countries. And uh, there's a lot of, a lot of blessings in, in meeting other people in other places to experience their cultures and, and uh, to, to behold people that, that serve God and love God in, in other countries and other places. And, and that's just, you know, it's just been a, been a blessing. There are challenges to it. And, you know, uh, and I guess the Lord had a, had a niche for me because growing up, we would go to the country and we had an old farmhouse when I was five along mom and about this farm. And we would go there a lot on weekends and without running water and cistern and without an indoor plumbing, we had an outhouse and really, I guess I managed with all those types of things, living without air conditioning and I guess it's a good training to in going overseas uh, and working in some of the foreign countries. So, anyway. Wow. Uh, that, thank you. That was, that was good. Uh, uh, I told you, I tried to jump in. I, there's too many places I could jump in there, but that's fascinating. But, you know, I, I just, uh, uh, I love doing this uh, from the standpoint of, of hearing everybody's story. And, and everybody, mm -hmm. you're, you have a story, I have a story, everybody does, right? And uh, and I think it's fascinating how God chose to have the, the Bible written. Uh, it's stories. I mean, we read about all the characters and, and their lives and, and, and their experiences and things that we're supposed to learn from the good, bad, and ugly that they did. But uh, but just think about, and you mentioned providence. I, I don't understand completely the providence of God. I don't know if anyone does. But I did, it's fascinating, uh, and I just, I just, uh, uh, and I, I wrote down there real quick, and I think I understood you say you were lifting weights with a buddy, and he was dating a girl that was a member of the church, and that's that's where that connection started, right? That's where that's where it all started, and, and for me, seeking God was was in the winter of '77. Uh, it was uh, we had all that snow. I got laid off and hadn't worked long enough to draw unemployment, so here all these bills piling up and. You know, and I uh, moved into an apartment away from where I grew up a few miles. And so, you know, buddies at school, uh, I was kind of detached away and that cost money to come over. And uh, but, but anyway, it was kind of, uh, you know, it was kind of in a dire predicament that really began to reflect about life. And, and, and I guess it's in hardship that people you know, kind of look to God. It, I guess when everything's going good and well, people think, well, why do I need God? And kind of remind what Ted Turner said many years ago, you know, Christianity is for losers. I mean, here's a guy who's a multimillionaire and everything's going great for him. He, he, he thinks, well, why do I need God? And and, and too often that, that's the way it is for the majority of the world. And and But when you don't have much and you're you're hurting and and you're lacking, it's like, well, there's got to be more to life than, than what I was getting. And that, that was the thing that caused me to think about, you know, I need to seek after God. And, you know, I, I guess I was kind of like a Cornelius. I just cried out, Lord, show me. And I, I would, had no idea where to begin in seeking, you know, to find the truth. But uh, by, by divine providence, uh, through my buddy Mike Garrett, and, and he was a Baptist, and he was actually converted. And, and he remained at Expressway, one of the elders there now. He was a deacon and one of the elders and just a wow. great guy. Wow. But anyway, yeah. Can you imagine when you were, uh, how, how, let's see, however old you were there at that, at that time, 
Yeah, then, I was 19. Yeah, I was 19. And if you'd been able to fast forward and see in the future, one of these days I'm going to go to Philippines and Ecuador and Chile. I mean, I mean, it would have, you just, there's no way you could have even visioned that, right? No, no, no. I would have never visioned traveling to all the places I've been and, and the things that I've done. Uh, even after I was converted, I mean, it just, I was, the thing from my mind, I was just working a job, working with Mosaic, and you know, I was a Christian, and I was learning, and you know, I was excited about that to learn all these new things that I'd never uh, experienced when I was a kid, and I always kind of felt people ought to go to church, and you know, those types of things, and I just never did really get around to it till you know after high school, and you know, began seeking after and reading the Bible for the first time. I don't know how many times I've put through pages and uh, that don't make sense. That don't make sense. And then to come across something that was exciting, you know, to learn something. Wow, this is great. I, I understand this. And, and so you just kind of, you stay with it and you stay with it. And, and it's kind of like learning Spanish. I remember Wayne Cortain, I was talking to him. He said, oh, if you stay with it, it'll finally sink in. And, you know, traveling to, uh, in the Spanish-speaking countries, I thought, ah, you know, I'd never teach in Spanish. I mean, that would be impossible. And, and yet, here, here I am. Uh, I teach in Spanish. I don't, I don't know. I don't know everything about Spanish, but I know enough the lessons I teach to 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 instruct. And and it's a lot more fun to to talk directly instead of through an interpreter. So anyway. Oh sure. Yeah. yeah. Just, now that's uh, that that's so uh, wow. Just so many things here, Danny. But uh, you know, uh, one thought is is that uh, the blessings of uh, uh, of being older and experiencing, because you're not as old as I am, but uh, but all think about it, all the experiences that you've had, all uh, like you you went back to the farm and in an outhouse and no running water, no air conditioner, and uh, and and being uh, laid off and not having work and and the bills. Uh, piling up and and uh and and experiencing those things but when you talk to people today as you meet people and uh looking for opportunity to develop relationships so you can teach them the truth and you hear a little bit of their story you can relate to them right you can go okay i've been in that and it gives you because of that background it gives you an opportunity to understand them so that you can uh, can communicate with them right well, yeah, well, yeah, various backgrounds, various events in your life, it it, it, it does well to, to be able to, to relate to people. Sometimes they think, ah, well, you, you don't understand, and, and that's the problem. A lot of times we don't know the background of people. I mean, you look at Abraham Lincoln, and people are, oh, yeah, he was a great president. But you look at the background and all that he went through. It, 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 those are the things that mold and shape people as you go through life, and you know, and because not everything was a bed of roses for Abraham Lincoln, and you know, and and and, and there's other people that I've met. We we had a next door neighbor when we moved to Rock Castle, Ola Phelps, and she had gone through a lot, but uh, it was because of her dedication to God and you know seeking after God. She was such a well-rounded person and so so wise in so many ways because she had learned from life's experiences and you know being. Uh, dedicated to the Lord, and I mean, you know, and, and that's that's the thing. The Lord, Lord, you know, it'd be a lot simpler for the Lord just tell us, and we get it, and okay. But it's kind of like kids. Some sometimes we we have to learn it the hard way, and that's the way it is. As we, you know, follow God, that we learn things the hard way, and 
And so we take those experiences and, and let the trials and tribulations mold and shape us, as James talks about there in James chapter 1. And uh, to use those things to the glory of God and to, uh, to our development and to uh, be able to relate and try to help other people. Just always try to look for those opportunities and, and to do things and to find little niches that you can do. And, and that was kind of one of the things about uh, coming here to the lakeside and, and uh, I'm not the regular preacher is that, uh, you know, I thought, well, just the way, the way things worked out is to try to spend more time. And of course, last year it didn't go anywhere with the pandemic, but like the year before, uh, a couple of years before that, I'd travel five, six different countries and, you know, be gone a couple of weeks. And so anyway, but, but, you know, not everybody does it. I know there are a lot of people that just have no interest in going overseas. Maybe they're not capable. Maybe they're not, you know, uh, because it's not always a better road as going, going to a foreign country and, and then the sanitary conditions, the living conditions, and et cetera. But, you know, I guess, like I said, because my background of growing up and going to the country, you know, going to an outhouse and, you know, those types of things, it's okay. Yeah, I can, I can handle it, but some people can't. So, anyway, right. I just right. And Well, it's, uh, uh, you mentioned Jamaica earlier. I had a chance to go down to Jamaica on two different occasions uh, several years ago. And, um, and then I also had a chance to go to Sierra Leone in Africa. And, uh, and you know, and I, I remember particularly in Sierra Leone when we were having some meetings before we went over there and, you know, and discussion came up of this fellow was trying to uh, equip us to be ready for the smells. And, and the, uh, <laughs> and I, you know, I, I was sitting there listening to it and I thought, well, I've heard, I've smelled a lot of bad things, but uh, you know, just to try to, you know, the majority of the people, like you said, had no water, uh, uh, no certain, some, most didn't even have electricity, any cooking that was done. It would be like what we would call a little barbecue grill out in the front yard or the backyard. And that's where they would cook. And, and, uh, until I got over there, did I fully appreciate the smells, what, what they were trying to tell me. Um, and, yeah, it's just little things like that that you experience that that most uh, don't have that chance to. And and uh, some of that, somebody was talking the other day about, you know, complaining about the bench at church being so hard. And, uh, you know, it made me think about the different ones. And, and you know, you, you've got stories on this, too, of people that would come in these other countries, uh, come to a, a facility that people here, most of us wouldn't even imagine and sit on the ground and not complain and, you know, and be there and singing with all kinds of enthusiasm and anxious to hear what was being taught. Um, I don't know, it, we're, we're spoiled in a lot of ways, aren't we? Well, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. People just would have a chance to go to a, a third world country. And, you know, uh, I look at living here in America, I mean, we're just well blessed and, and uh, you know a lot to be thankful for and appreciate and uh, but but the great thing is how the Bible functions everywhere and to me to me that's the most amazing thing I mean yeah you speak different languages and sometimes you have some different customs but fundamentally people are the same everywhere and you study the scriptures and you read the passages and and you know you interchange with people and and sharing the word of God and you know it's really great when people like shaking their head. Yeah, they, they understand. And, 
And yeah, you, you hear the pages of the Bible and they're following along or you ask a question and it's like, wow, you can see their eyes light up uh, of coming to an understanding of some particular point. Yeah, it's, it's always, always great to, to see people. It's, it's really encouraging. Yeah, I love that, of, of just to realize uh, how powerful the Bible is. Of course, we talk about it, we preach about it, people here even nod their head. But like you say, when you can take that word and go to other places and people will nod that they get it, they understand it. And uh, that's so exciting. You know, we uh, when we were talking the other day and I thought I wanted you to elaborate on it a little bit. And I, I don't know if I understood uh, the, the whole content of the story, but you had mentioned, I think you were a kid or younger and and you, I think you went to a meeting or maybe somebody told you this story where Grover Stevens uh, was preaching. Oh, were you, was oh that, yeah. Were, well, um, yeah, that was back in, uh, in at the uh, Taylor Boulevard congregation and, and uh, a buddy was up there sitting on the front row and Grover said, uh, uh, you, you need to go back a row or two because there's, there's gonna always, I mean, that was a time in the late fifties, early sixties, like that, I mean, brethren, they were they were sharing the message, and and they would have there would be different ones that come up almost every service, and so it's like, hey, move back because hey, there's going to be people come up and respond to the invitation, and uh, I just thought that was kind of interesting of how things used to be, and uh, you know, there's some places I remember one time we were in the mountains of Tanig and in, in the northern part of the Philippines, and. And uh, it was it was kind of a neat place that we went to. We 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 rented a truck to take us up there, and, and there was no electricity, and and very rural, and and you had to pound out the rice out of the hull by hand. I got to do that. That was a neat experience, and and uh, they had a, like a, a a log, a little short um, piece of log, and they had kind of cupped it out, and they put the rice in there, and you take a kind of uh, and you beat that out, and but that was a neat experience, and there was like, uh, there were like, uh, we had we had taught, and there were like, I think there were 12 people, maybe it was 15 people, and they were all lined up in the creek to be baptized. I mean, that, wow. that was just a kind of a neat, neat experience. No, that's uh, that's incredible. You know, uh, I just, uh, I was telling Gay about uh, what you said there about uh, Grover Stevens in that meeting. Can you imagine today? Where if somebody came, it's almost like in some places nobody sits on the front pew. But but uh, if, if and if you said that today, that uh, uh, if you would please find another seat because there's going to be there'll be several people that'll be responding today to the invitation. Uh, yeah. it, that, wouldn't that be amazing? <laughs> I mean, just to think about that of how things have changed, um, and I think some of it is uh, is one of the reasons why we wanted to do these podcasts is that. Uh, Danny, the, if you go back to the 50s and the 60s, and, and of course, most that are listening to this know of the, <clears throat> the problems and the division and all the in, internal fighting and stuff that started taking place. But uh, the, the Christians were on fire uh, more back then, and like that experience there with Grover Stevens. And, and what can we do to, to get motivated again and to stir people up? Because there's so many people that need to hear the gospel and and uh, and so many people don't realize. I'm afraid what their individual is. It's more than just the preacher's role or the elders' role. It's everybody. All of us mm -hmm. are supposed to be doing this, and to try to get people uh, involved that way again. If there is a gospel meeting where everybody's inviting people to come, and I, I don't know, I'm, I'm rambling a little bit, but um, 
there's uh, there <clears throat> there have there are changes and uh, and I've seen it in my lifetime and uh, but I think uh, Lord willing we can get people stirred up again. You know, uh, tell me uh, we, we've done this every time. And Matt, can you believe it? He just gave me got five minutes to go. Can you believe that, Danny? <laughs> I know it. Uh, we we've been calling this a conversion story. And I know you, you've got so many, but is there is there one that, that maybe came to mind that you'd like to share with everybody uh, of a conversion story you'd like to tell? Oh, well, I don't know. I, one of the first years I was at uh, Providence, uh, which would have been 30 something years ago, uh, one of the one of the ladies from uh, church, uh, she was the elder's wife, and she said, why, why don't you go visit uh, Frank and Irene Brown? And so I was going over there and. And I got talking to him and asked him about having Bible study. Irene had been a member of the church, had been had kind of fallen away. And Frank, he had never obeyed. His his parents were when he was a kid, and then he got off and uh, one thing or another. He drunk a lot and what have you. But kind of got going over there and studying with, with Frank and Irene, and and that that was fun. And uh, went went several times and several weeks, and I don't know, Kathy, she thought, boy, you're like wasting your time. And, you know, you just, you just, they, they were still interested. And Irene, she was kind of waiting on Frank. And Frank, he, he was kind of, he was in his 50s when he obeyed the gospel, but he was kind of hesitant because he knew he'd need to turn from the drinking. And, and, uh, but, but anyway, and he was afraid that if he did something and just fall back into it, he, he didn't want to do that. And so, anyway, uh, I was over there, and one of his buddies, his drinking buddies, was there. And uh, they were sitting out in the car, and they invited me. And and this guy, he was he was one of these fellows that knew a lot of a lot of a lot of stuff, but just a little bit of all kinds of topics. Right. And I was sitting there, and he was asking all these 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 questions, and he had superficial uh, answers, and you know, shallow thinking. And so, okay, we were just kind of looking at them one after another, you know, and just look at them and answering them. And Frank sitting in the back. And, but what's interesting about that is that he, he saw the fellow was just pretty foolish and superficial. And, you know, I was answering just calmly and uh, all his objections and his points that he was bringing up. And Frank, he's back there listening and, and he's thinking, you know, I don't need to be a part of that anymore. It's just that he just saw the utter nonsense of uh, somebody just worldly and uh, and what have you. And and anyway, he he obeyed the gospel soon after that uh, few days. And uh, but he he was uh, he was a he was a stellar fellow. And uh, Frank and Irene they were faithful, and they both passed away. But uh, that was an interesting interesting case, and just showing kindness and. You know, you have people that they think they know and they just, you know, they're kind of antagonistic against the truth, against the Lord, against what's right. Just be calm. If you have the truth, you you can have great confidence and just, you know, kindly deal with people and and don't have to, you know, treat treat in in kind in return. It's just, okay, well, let's, let's look at that. And, you know, you just... And that's 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 where you present the gospel. The, the gospel that's where the power is, and and we can we can rest and have great confidence in it, and and your position of of what's true and right, and just you know just just share the message, and 
you know, don't don't have to get into some big argument to say, hey, this, this is what the Bible says. Hey, how do you answer this? And right. and yeah. No, that's uh, again, that's so good. And I, it's interesting how I'm listening to the stories anymore. But I I went back to the and I didn't write it down fast enough. But the one lady that suggested to you to go see, why don't you go see Frank and Irene? What was her name again? Do you remember? Oh yeah, Ibis Thomas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's the thing, a lot of people, you know, can sort of suggest uh, maybe if you don't feel like you're capable, it's like, hey, but I know somebody that could teach the class. Exactly. You know, there's all the people out there. Or just where somebody realized, so she, I don't know if she fully appreciated the role that she played in that and saying to you, well, why don't you go talk to them? And then, you know, what ends up happening in it? And everybody can do that. I mean, that's such a simple thing to, uh, to to point the ones that are willing, that are able and willing to teach is to point family and friends to those folks. And uh, uh, of course, God's going to give the increase. Uh, and and uh, but that's so good. I, we, we've got to wrap this up. And But uh, we've been ending all the, the interviews, Danny, with I've been calling it one thing. And, and there's more than one thing. But Let's say somebody that's listening to this and they're motivated by your story and what, what you've had to say and, and all the work that you've done. And, and they say, I want to get involved in, in leading others to Christ. What's one thing, Danny McKibben, what's one thing that I need to do or one thing I need to learn how to do to reach others to, for Christ? Well, well first and foremost, just be dedicated to the Lord, be sincere and genuine and, you know, just have love for God and, and when you have love for God, you're going to have love for your fellow man. I mean, that's what compelled me to, to begin with, to get involved in preaching, is that when you understand the scriptures, when you understand truth and and love for God, and, you know, people people are in there and people, people are out there and lost and undone. And by God's grace, I was saved. And by divine providence, I came to the knowledge of truth. And so that's, you know, just make me an instrument. Use me, Lord, uh, and we just trust in the Lord uh, to look for those doors of opportunity and speaking and and just sharing and, and being involved with people. And it's like I heard, you know, the, the magical words, hey, would you like to study the Bible? And, you know, it's all that complex. And our job is just to be sowing the seed and just talking. And, you know, there's going to be a lot of people, no, I'm not interested. No, I don't have time. No, I don't. Okay, well, you, you move on. And maybe later on, uh, you know, uh, you, you'll have an opportunity to talk to them. But just, just be just be dedicated to the Lord. And I remember Robert Jackson telling the story. This fella, he called and and uh, he says, this Reverend Jackson said, oh, you got him. And then they were going along. He just thought somebody was pulling, pulling his leg. And, and then he said, oh, well, let me apologize. I, I, I misunderstood who you were. And uh, anyway, so what had happened, Robert had spoke at this fellow's grandmother's funeral and, you know, just try to be what you need to be and be kind and be, be a servant. And, uh, and, and so when he started seeking, that's the only fellow he could think about was Robert Jackson preaching at his, at his grandmother's funeral. Wow. And so that he contacted Robert and ultimately, you know, he studied and talked and, you know, ultimately the fellow was converted, but, you know, just, just be dedicated to the Lord. And, you know, people see you. you. You don't know that you have an influence, but everybody has influence. And, you know, because I remember 
um, we, we would travel out to the country when I was a kid and we'd pass by church services being let out and I would kind of like scrunch down in the car because I, I thought and I was looking at me saying hey why, why aren't you in church and it's like I was so ashamed <laughs> you know <laughs> just just being a, an example you know sometimes you can have a tremendous influence uh, and you know people be watching you and like uh, yeah oh dang I, you know, I, I worked with him and and, you know, he's a fellow I would go if I, I was seeking spiritual things because, you know, I knew the kind of person he was, that he was a nice person. And he, uh, you know, he, 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 he talked about God and, and you know, and we, we can be an influence. And you never know that the Lord will open a door of opportunity and, uh, and use us. And just like Miss Ivish said, hey, why don't you go see Frank and Irene? Everybody can do this. And that's, we're all part. Uh, whether you're the one going to doing the teaching or you're the one suggesting the, the name we can all have a part yeah all right well uh just outstanding we we need to we need to follow up on this there's there's too many things here i've written down here that we don't have time to talk about but i i, I just uh uh i thank god for uh how about this i thank god for using danny as an instrument and <laughs> Yeah. Keep and keep up you and Kathy keep tell her be sure to tell her we said hi and uh, but uh, you guys keep up your good work and uh, uh, so uh, so proud of all the things that you've done and, and keep encouraging you to do those things and uh, and be sure and share this with your friends too that are listening uh, that uh, you know because they need to, some of those things some of the your friends haven't heard some of these stories so be sure and share this with them but Danny, uh, again, thank you so very much, and uh, we love you guys, and uh, and keep up your good work. Uh, thank you. We love you, too. Appreciate ha having me to come and uh, share with you guys. All right. Thank you again. You Goodbye. There are Melt my heart and fill my life. Give me one soul today.